right, g'day everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Expand the Phantom Podcast. Um, very special interview that we have going on today. But first, I have to say hello to Stephen. How are you, Stephen? I'm very well, Dan. Thank you. How, how about yourself? Not too bad at all. And of course, joining us as well is Jermaine. How you going, mate? How does it how does it hurt you having to talk to us first than the person you're about to introduce? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to race through this and get straight to uh, get straight to introducing what must be uh, one of the the biggest names in in Phantom history and certainly one of the living legends in the Phantom, and that is Cy Barry from New York. Hello, Cy. Hello. How are you, Dan and uh, Steve and Jermaine? Uh, good to, good to talk to you. It's uh, very good amazing. to talk to you, Cy. Right. Uh, I, I had remarked before that it's a shame we're not on uh, FaceTime because I would have liked to see you guys. But uh, <laughs> we'll do it again. We'll we'll do it again, and uh, maybe we can uh, get to see each other, and you can uh, take a look at my studio too. That that, that would be wonderful. awesome. One of the good one okay. of the advantages of doing a podcast is that we all have faces for radio, as they would say back in the old days. Mm, right, uh, right. Uh, I, I, right now, I'm working on uh, another watercolor. I've been into watercolors lately, and uh, just just sketching in a uh, portrait of uh, of a photo I have uh, a of a, a young lady, a young blonde lady. And I'm doing it for my class. I'm teaching uh, watercolor to a class of women. And um, they're quite talented. They're very good. And uh, as I said before, I don't give out compliments too easily. But uh, these women are quite good. And uh, But it's it's just sketching. It's just just painting, nothing else. Uh, They're a lot of fun. And... uh, 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 as I say, uh, they're showing improvement every day, every week. There's a, a, a little more of an improvement in, in their painting. So that's my new career, uh, uh, and I love it. I love teaching. Uh, it's been a whole new experience for me, and uh, for as long as I can, I, I hope to keep teaching and and doing some painting and trying to sell some paintings that I've that I've done. Um, so that's where I am right now. Uh, anything in particular you guys would like to know? Yeah, yeah sure. with your um, <laughs> so many things. <laughs> many with, things. With your, okay. With your watercolors, um, would you would you say that you're enjoying it as much as you work on the Phantom, or probably even more by the sounds of what you've what you've told uh, us? You know, something. At one point, I would have said I enjoyed the Phantom more. Uh, but I got to the point uh, after working 33 years on it, it's a long uh, time. where it just, uh, yeah, it just became a bit of a, a bit of a task uh, when I retired. I, I just felt that I needed to go on somewhere else. I, mm. I felt like my creative juices were just kind of drying up, and uh, I needed to go into another area, uh, not commercially, but uh, for my own enjoyment and. Uh, I felt that I, I had enough of uh, of this experience. I had spent uh, well over 50 years in comics, and um, because you know I had worked for uh, another 17 years before I got uh, before I began to work on the Phantom. I worked sure. on comic books. Uh, I guess you know my career. 
and uh, I worked several years for uh, uh, for Marvel. At that time, it was called Timely Comics, and I worked for DC uh, mostly. That, that was my bread and bread and butter company account, and um, worked for several editors there, including Julie Schwartz and several other editors. Uh, and uh, and then the strip came along. I guess you know how uh, how that happened. Uh, uh, Wilson McCoy uh, became ill, and they asked me. I had just brought in a strip of my own, my own strip idea, and uh, they were they were considering it when Wilson McCoy became ill, and they liked my work. And I had also done Flash Gordon with my brother for King Features, and so they knew me there which was good because I had my foot in the door already. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, they asked me to, uh, just temporarily take on, uh, the Phantom until Wilson McCoy recovered. And sadly. Sorry for the interruption, but some gremlins got into the system and our connection dropped out. We soon got it back though. Okay, so, well, so, actually, so I, one of the things I was going to ask you is, is how did you become aware of the Phantom as a as a comic book or as a character in the first place? Because obviously, with Ray yeah. Moore and Wilson McCoy, it was was going along before you um, were Ray born, Moore, perhaps, or, Ray, or well, I I began to see it when when Ray Moore did it, the original artist. Oh wow! I, uh, I was I was a kid then, and. Um, I used to look at that strip, and I loved the idea and the concept. Uh, I loved the, the fantasy uh, uh, issue in it, and uh, I, I just thought it was something a, a little unusual, a little different. In fact, you know, it started in 1936 before Superman came out. Yes. So it was really, uh, really the uh, the first costume character before Superman. No, there were no other uh, costume yeah. characters. Uh, so you would you just read it in the newspaper strips then, and and then sort of go go home and doodle the doodle your own pictures uh, and practice drawing yeah, the Phantom at, at that age. Uh, well, you know what, I I, I I didn't spend my childhood drawing um, comic strips or uh, comic characters. Uh, I enjoyed reading them and seeing them. Uh, uh, but I didn't, re- I didn't really y- use them as my way of, as my introduction into, uh, into drawing. I really, uh, drew from life mostly. That's why my, stri- my style is more, more illustrative than, hum- than humorous. And, uh, because I always like, I always liked more represent, representational kind of drawing. So, uh, uh, I was more of an illustrator than a, comic strip artist and um, when they called it the funnies I always wondered why they called the funnies because there were there were many adventure strips going on at the time so Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in fact they took precedence of the adventure strips like Flash Gordon and Terry and the Pirates and Secret Agent and uh, 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 Smiling Jack uh, all, all of these uh, wonderful strip ideas. Uh, of course, uh, of course, the, the best of them uh, was Prince Valiant, uh, the, 
who was my kind of my god because he was such a great illustrator. Mm. And uh, and I loved I loved uh, uh, other illustrators uh, who did uh, illustrations for magazines. And so those those were the uh, the artists that I was following. They were kind of my idols. Not not real uh, not really yeah, humorous artists. Uh, more more like. Uh, more serious and adventure strip type of artists. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, and then of course my older brother Dan was an artist, and I hadn't known this. I don't know if you know my childhood, but I, I had been fostered out the early part of my life, uh, for the first ten years of my life. And when I came back home, uh, I discovered that my older brother Dan was an artist too, and uh, that kind of uh, you know made me feel very close to him. Uh, sure. However, uh, it, it, he was five years older than, than me, and uh, uh, I always admired his drawing and his, his ability. And uh, well, But the only thing was that our personalities were very different. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, his, uh, he, he and I didn't see eye, eye to eye too often, too well. So um, uh, we we had a we had a lot of conflict, uh, Dan and I. But um, I, I did admire his ability and his talent, and uh, he happened to have been a brilliant a brilliant individual too. And he never quite finished high school because he never. We we, we were a very poor family. I'm one of eight children, and um, we grew up during the depression, and uh, our, our depression was extremely difficult. For us, and my father was a house painter, and then he had a very difficult time making a living. So, yeah, uh, yeah so we, we uh, you know, we we knew what uh, poverty was before uh, we became successful, and we we worked our, our behinds off to try to uh, make a career out of our uh, out of our uh, talents. Was and, there any uh, in, for, in that in that regard? So I sorry to interrupt, but was there any um, pressure on you to to get a real job, so to speak, rather than you know just your drawings and your art. Uh, well, I I worked I worked uh, at all different kinds of odd jobs from the time I was about twelve or thirteen. Uh, we lived in in Coney Island at the time. With, uh, my, I should say my parents lived there with my my brothers and sisters. Uh, I, I didn't live there till I was ten, and. Um, uh, uh, why why I was kept away from home all those years, or why I didn't come back home all those years, uh, I, I could never answer that, and I could never find out why. But nevertheless, when I did came back come back at, at home, uh, it was quite a uh, quite a disrupting experience for me because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was very living very nicely in the foster home and I, I have very nice foster parents I, I didn't want to be taken away from them so uh, uh, when I come when I came home I discovered my older brother was was able to draw we had something in common uh, but our personalities were a lot different <laughs> yeah. uh, we had the same we had the same skills but um, uh, I didn't find them easy to, easy to deal with and different temperaments. I most of my life yeah, very mm. different individuals, and oh. uh, I, I spent most of my life uh, 
trying to uh, trying to work out a relationship with him, but it didn't. It never quite worked. But he was an amazingly talented guy. So, you, you ever, do you know of it? Do you have you yeah, seen any of I've, um, I remember. Any of yeah, I remember reading some uh, Flash Gordon. He also did some work on uh, Indiana Jones. Yes, he did. And After um, he left Flash Gordon, right? Yeah, I remember reading the Indiana Jones, and I'm going, boy, this art looks looks familiar. And then I yeah. looked at the credits, and I realised it was Danned. So did you notice yeah. that there was a lot of similarity between your two artworks, the artworks between yourself and Dan? Uh, well, I, I must say I have to give credit to Dan. Yeah. Uh, because he, when I worked on Flash, I, I helped him on Flash Gordon for several years, while I was doing my own work for DC at the time. And um, uh, it, it was, it, that too was disrupting for me because uh, I had my own accounts and uh, he kept needing help on his script. He always was working on deadlines and he kept calling me for help. Uh, and uh, I would leave my work and uh, help him out and put myself in trouble. But that, that, that was the job of a brother, you know, you have to step yeah. in when he needs help. But um, I just wish it were appreciated a little bit more <laughs> in our <laughs> relationship. But I, w I was always there for him, and um, uh, it, it, it was nice being able to help him. I, I always felt good about giving him a hand. Uh, even though it affected me financially, uh, many times uh, I would lose money on it because uh, it, it didn't didn't quite pay as well as my own work, yeah. but I just yeah. felt uh, you, you, you can't let him down. But we, so, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to ask: Did you um, did you learn a lot from him? Like, um, and then like, did he give oh. you? Yeah, you know, I I studied illustration and cartooning in high school, and uh, uh, what I learned there uh, didn't even touch the surface. Uh, compared to what I really learned uh, uh, doing doing uh, comics itself and yeah. and handling uh, reading a script and visualizing a scene and you know all of these things that require so much of your talents and your and your creativity it's uh, that and remember as I said I I've, I've been doing it for like 50 years when I retired the over 50 years. And um, it, it always called on so much of our, uh, commanded so much of our attention and our creativity that eventually you become drained. You just kind of dry up. Uh, some guys mm. would keep, uh, keep going forever. Uh, but I, I just felt I, I came to the point where uh, I just wasn't enjoying it the way I did. Mm. And I... I I think you could tell from my work that I really loved it when I worked on it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it came, I think it came out of my work because uh, uh, I, I was always uh, right right in there uh, when, when the other artists would get together. I mean, they always had respect for my work as well as I having respect for them. Uh, so... I, I, working in comics it was a marvelous experience, I must say. Uh, it was wonderful working on my own schedule, although it was kind of uh, my my own defeat too, because uh, I, I would tend to uh, procrast 
procrastinate and, and not get down to work when I should. And I'd waste time. And then, then when the juices started to flow, then I was fine. It's good but, to hear uh, that you're um, you're human as well, then, Sai, because I think we can all relate yeah. to that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think so, all creative people are like that. <laughs> they, they procrastinate yeah. until they until they um, well, uh, get the do. juices flowing. Yes, exactly. And uh, uh, who who wants to that did the web the web work the website work? Uh, yeah, that's myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it takes creativity to create those uh, uh, logos and icons and whatever uh, stuff you're working on for for your for your clients. Uh, it takes a certain amount of creativity, doesn't it? You have to think of uh, images uh, to to tell a story or to uh, yes. relate. Yeah, to depict yeah. a particular uh, uh, business uh, issue or. or, or you know, to characterize whoever your customer, whatever area of uh, uh, or line of um, uh, occupation or line of, uh, of business that, that you're doing work for, that it takes a certain amount of creativity to create those designs. I know and I tried to... Yeah. And if it's not flowing, it, your work suffers. Oh, it, I, so you know how it feels, right? When it's <laughs> yes. not flowing? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, my stepdad's an artist as well. Uh, he's, he's a painter and he uh, does murals as well. And he's exactly the same. That when he gets in that groove or when when in the groove, he'll work yeah. twice as fast and twice as efficient, oh, look twice as good than when he's That's right. That's when he's having to push when, it. When the ju juices are flowing, it, 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 you can't be any better than when 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 things are coming through very you know very easily very uh, more comfortably uh but when you can't when you when you can't produce and you just sit there and uh you're not in the mood or you can't think of something uh and you try just applying yourself and say god damn it you got to get it done yeah <laughs> it doesn't always work it doesn't always no. work so, uh, so we're all human we all have the same problems and the same the, the same uh the same flaws and the same uh, difficulties in, in getting our uh, getting our creativity going. We all have the same problem. Yes. Did you have any yeah. um, Did you have any methods that would help you get in the groove? Yes. Uh, one of the things I did was I would look back at some of the uh, impressionists, or uh, I, I enjoyed Degas and Dormier. Dormier was more of a to me, Dormier was more of a cartoonist. So I looked back at the uh, more classical uh, art and um, uh, just marvel at some of the things. And I would see, I would see things there that would suddenly say, "Gee, that's uh, that's inspiring." That's in so that's basically what got me going is uh, looking at some other uh, beautiful artwork, or I would look back at some of the uh, stuff that I enjoyed in comics too. Uh, yeah. some of the things that inspired me and made me want to do comic book work. Mm. So what was your reference? Yeah. What was your reference? Uh, like, did you have a lot of reference in your study? Like, yes. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I had what they call a morgue. It's a, 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 a like two, three full 
file cabinets of uh, reference material stuff from A to Z, sports, uh, education, uh, scenes, uh, foreign cities, uh, clothing, uniforms, all of this stuff, or every bit of material that you can now uh, get on Google or Yahoo or, <laughs> or any of the other search engines, all you have to do is just type it in and uh, you've got it right at your fingertips. I got rid of uh, most of my files because uh, I really don't need it. I, I don't need them. Not only is there so much material out there to, uh, to pull from, uh, from all of the uh, uh, resources, um, but there are many different views and, and angles and uh, uh, so, so black and white and color, full color and what have you, and paintings. Uh, there's so much to, to choose from that it, it doesn't pay to keep a log and take up space. <laughs> uh, so, so now uh, I use the internet. So, so if I can just take you, sorry, just if sure, I can take okay. you, take you back a little bit. Um, you you talked about um, taking a strip into to King Features for consideration um, at about the time yeah. that Wilson McCoy became sick. Um, I guess two questions: um, Did that yeah. did that strip or that idea ever come to fruition? And and how what was the how was the process for you like in terms of picking up from where Mil Wilson McCoy left off and um, moving into to creating yes. your own Phantom? I suppose yes. that's a that's a great question because uh, that, that that is what kind of uh, established the, uh, that story established the the final uh, technique for the Phantom uh, and, and that kind of put me on my path for the next thirty three years. One of the first week that I did, that I did uh, the Phantom, um, I did in my own style, and it, and it looked a bit like uh, one of my science fiction stories in my comic book days, and uh, or it also looked like Flash Gordon, and his uh, his uh, Phantom uh, in the jungle wearing his costume, and it's not at all. Wilson McCoy's style. <laughs> so when I delivered it, uh, the editor said, "Side, it's beautiful." He said, "But I can't use it." I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, it's just not Wilson McCoy. It's too much, too far. It looks like Flash Gordon." <laughs> so he said, "Look, uh, we're going to pay you for this." He said, "But uh, you'll have to do it over." Fortunately, the strip was far enough ahead uh, uh, ahead of deadline that I had the time to do it again. But I had to kind of rush it out. And uh, uh, working in Wilson McCoy's style, to me, I must I must admit, uh, uh, I guess to, uh, many people are going to be learning this now. But working in Wilson McCoy's style was so difficult for me. It was it was what I had to do. Was, it was like stripping myself down naked. <laughs> uh, I, I had to undo everything I had learned in. in not only in school, but in comics, all of the all of the techniques and all of the tricks and all of the uh, basic uh, uh, requirements to to doing a good looking uh, a good looking strip uh, had had to be uh, forfeited for the sake of working in his style. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was it was more of a problem. Undoing what I what I would normally naturally do, 
and trying to work in someone else's style. I've never done that before. And uh, the only, I, I should say, I had done it uh, when I worked on on Flash Gordon, but I was I still had a certain amount of freedom to uh, to work my own in my own way. Uh, it looked reasonably like Dan's Flash Gordon when I worked on it, but it had something of my own too. It had my own finished technique in it. And it was a final technique that that just didn't match Wilson McCoy's uh, work. And you know mm. how uh, you know his work, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. How how would you describe? I'm just curious how <laughs> a, another another viewer would describe his work uh, in the way of uh, artistic ability and uh, and um, uh, the way in the way of seeing it as an interesting looking drawing. I would call it simplistic in my personal words. Yes. Okay. That's yeah, a good a, word. A lot of, I think a lot of fans um, really love McCoy's work because it's that, that so simple yeah. and clean. Um, yeah, it is. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. certainly I think a lot of, well, you, when you took over and as your style evolved, that um, the, the, yeah. the strip became far more detailed and... Um, a lot more going on in the background and the foreground and, mm-hmm. and the depth of the yeah. of, of each panel, I think, uh, really increased. Well, that's good. Uh, that's a very good uh, explanation of uh, of my work uh, because I, I did give it more, yeah. I did give it more depth. Mm. I'd always depth. yeah as uh, as it a, had more. Oh, I gave sorry. more body. Uh, my my using the my use of blacks became to uh, began to give it a uh, more three-dimensional look to it rather than the, the flat uh, two-dimensional uh, single line kind of uh, uh, technique that it, that uh, Wilson used. And uh, I mean, I could understand, I was able to understand why people enjoyed this, uh, uh, the way he worked. I could understand that uh, and his, uh, his simplicity and, it had its value. It does have its value, and I can understand how that people li- like that simplistic look to it. I, I remember Ed Rhodes uh, saying that when he was a kid, he would his father would sit him on his lap, and his father would read uh, would read the script to him because he loved it so much. He loved the style. So mm. I, when I told him that I had difficulty working on it, it wasn't my favorite kind of style. I think I put a knife through him. Uh, <laughs> it was like I was I was breaking up his childhood dream, and I hadn't realized how badly it would affect him when I when I was giving when I was giving a professional uh, opinion of his artwork. You know, I didn't realize that that he was so devoted to uh, to Wilson McCoy. So, so you I didn't. Said, oh. So you didn't have a. a- Working relationship with McCoy at any stage? Like, did you know each other personally? Or? No, no, not at all. I never met him. Huh. No, I think he lived in St. Louis. Uh, I think he lived in, and uh, uh, yeah, I think he lived in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Yeah, and, and what about Ray Moore? I'm not, I'm not aware of the time frames or anything. Did you ever cross paths with Ray Moore either? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Ray, uh, that, that's a strange thing. I, I, I mean, I met, uh, I spoke to Lee Paul quite often. I met him uh, several times. I remember being in Central Park in New York one time, and uh, 
Oh, this was about, uh, I probably was on this trip about 20 years already. And uh, I see this old guy with a cane and, and a young young lady walking with him. The young lady was his granddaughter. And I hadn't really recognized him until I he passed me. And then I turned around and I realized, hey, that guy is wearing... Uh, uh, an ascot tie, you know, that's what he used to wear, the ascot. And he was wearing an ascot tie and a jacket, you know, and, and a cane. And he was walking very slowly. And I had just seen him maybe eight months before, and he was in good shape. And here he is, this, this guy paddling along, you know, uh, very slowly, and his granddaughter holding his arm, you know. And I said, Lee, you know. Well, he looked at me and he was he was so embarrassed. I, I think he just, uh, you know, he had a bit of an ego, Lee. And uh, he, uh, I said, Lee, I, how are you? And he was just a couple of blocks away from his own home, from his own uh, house, his own apartment. He lived right on Central Park West. Mm. So uh, uh, I, I, you've never been to New York, any of you, have you? No. No. The wife's, no, okay. the wife's bugging me about going, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, she would like to go? Yes. Uh, well, so what are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy buying uh, old Phantom collectibles, so he hasn't got the money for it. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's where the money is going, huh? <laughs> right. She okay, doesn't listen so anyway. to this, does she, Jermaine? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> that's I would, lo- I mean, I, I, I would love for any one of you to uh, to visit New York. I'd love to see you guys if you could, if you could make it. And please do it before I, I pass on. All right. Oh, All let's, right. let's put a B under our bonnet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you give me a, a promise right now that you visit New York? I'd love right. to have you guys. We will all promise that we will visit. Okay, please, please do. We'd love to have you here. Uh, and all the wives anyway, went, uh, yay! <laughs> yeah, no, I never, I never did meet um, Wilson McCoy, and I never met uh, Ray Moore. Uh, I never even talked to them. Uh, first of all, when when uh, Wilson McCoy uh, became ill and went into the hospital, he was too. He was too ill to, he had a, some kind of a, an infection, infection that reoccurred that he developed when he was in Africa and it seemed to re- return uh, and uh, it affected, somehow it formed a blood clot and went to his heart oh, and wow. uh, he died in the hospital, he died in the hospital. I thought I was only doing it temporarily until... Um, Temporary for 30 odd years. <laughs> I happen to be, as I'm talking to you guys, I happen to be drawing. Uh, that's why I, it would have been nice if we were on FaceTime because I would have been showing you, showing you what I was drawing. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a portrait of, of a girl, and I'm going to be using it for my painting class. And uh, so, are you getting jealous that you're not here in New York? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you could be so you could be watching me right now, guys. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, I I would have liked I did meet uh, I did a chalk talk one time at one of, at the Cartoonist Museum. It's not there anymore, but uh, there was a in Westchester. 
And um, there's another one in New York now in, in Manhattan. Uh, but I did a chalk talk there, and lo and behold, his daughter was there with his grandson, uh, Wilson McCoy. Huh. And she came up, she came over to me, and uh, she said, "I loved your, uh, I loved your talk." And uh, she said, "Did you know my father?" I said, "No, I never did. I never spoke to him. I would have liked to." And uh, <clears throat> she, uh, so she said, uh, "Well." Uh, I, I I loved uh, your drawing and your, your talk about the Phantom. She said, my father felt the same way about the Phantom that you do, and you brought back beautiful memories of my father. Well, I felt so good, you know, like mm. every, everything else was nice. It was nice receiving the uh, the accolades from other people and everything, but to hear that I reminded her of her father because of the way I spoke about my love for the script and and that's how he felt. Uh, I, I just, I just felt so good after that. It, it, I went home feeling better about that that statement than anything else that was said to me, because it, it struck home. You know, really struck home. Mm. And I knew how her father felt about about the Phantom. And I felt that way all all, all through those thirty three years until the towards the end. Uh, when I just felt like I, I, I just had it, I just had enough, and uh, mm. it did. It, it was good to me the strip, and uh, and I think I did. Uh, I know I did the, the strip a good a good favor, because yes, uh, by did. the time I left, by the time yeah, by the time I left, uh, the strip had picked up 400 papers. Uh, when I came on came on the strip, it had 500. We had 500 papers sold, and when I left, we had 900. Wow! And now I hear, now I hear it's back to about four fifty. Uh, it's losing, it's losing. It. Well, sadly, adventure strips are losing their popularity. All the humor strips are taking over now. Mm. Well, the panels are like I, yeah. I was yeah. just going to say the panels are smaller, and the, and um, yeah. like back in the day, they used to have like they're about. They're right. They're, they're harder to see. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm not thoroughly excited. Uh, somehow there was something about the way Lee wrote. Uh, much as I disagreed with the, the kind of personality he was, and I had a difficult time dealing with him personally, because he was always at odds with me. And I, I, I didn't look to argue with the guy. I just wanted to do a professional job and get the work done. And he, he always made it a personal issue. Uh, kind of just just fucking me all the time, you know. And uh, so I said, "You want to play that game? Go ahead." But uh, you know, I've got work to do. I've got a script to turn out, <laughs> and I just didn't let him. Uh, I, I didn't let him bother me. So, what sort but, of issues uh, would he? What sort of things would he take issue with with you? So, in terms okay. of um, fucking okay. you or whatever. Okay. Uh, on several occasions. Uh, he would he would lose the story. Uh, he would lose a character in the story. He would leave somebody abandoned on an island or something, or or uh, in someone's captivity, and uh, he'd never get back to him. The story would be ending, and um, and this guy was never recovered. Was not, uh, the Phantom uh, should have been out there getting uh, getting him back to safety, and I would remind Lee. And he'd say, uh, 
Oh, well, uh, the audience won't know. I said, no, don't say that. I said, uh, they're very cognizant of, uh, of what goes on in the strip. And I get I get a lot of mail that this guy was <laughs> left here and that, that woman was left there. And what are you doing about it? She was all tied up and she hasn't eaten in 20 days, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I get these. I get these letters from these people, and I say, Lee, you can't just leave them there. Uh, people <laughs> do know; they, they they don't forget. They know people. You're writing a story. You got to. You have to uh, be true to it. So I would have some some really bitter. And he hated to be corrected. You know, uh, he'd say, "Well, I'll, I'll." He said, "Let me. I'll look into it." He wouldn't admit that I was right. <laughs> you know, and so there was this ego going on. And I don't play that kind of game. I mean, that's not that's not my thing. So uh, I, it, it, he was a bit difficult. Uh, uh, he was so would... pleasant. And there were and then there were times when he would when I needed to go on vacation. I tell him get me some some extra uh, script written so that I can go on vacation. Well, he made sure he did it for himself when I went on vacation. But he would he would just just. Hold me up and hold me up, and I wanted, I want to get ahead. Then the last week, he get a ton of uh, script to me. The last week before I'm going to leave, <laughs> and, uh, and many times I had to go over his head and call, uh, call the managing editor and tell him, look, you got to do something about Lee. Uh, he's just not, not cooperating with me. He's not letting me go on my vacation. I got to go away when I've got so so much work to do, and uh, and. Uh, I said you're going to have a blank uh, a blank spot in the newspaper one day. It's not going mm. to appear. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so those are the things that he did. Uh, he was uh, he was spiteful and uh, a bit on the egotistic uh, side. Okay. So, would you yeah. ever make edits to a story? Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. No, I want. Is that, is that because of I the working the relationship? Uh, that was part of the difficulty. Uh, uh, he would not let me do anything on the writing, not nothing. He said, you oh, call okay. me first. So I said, yeah, when I call you, you give me a hard time. So, uh, you know, I said, uh, I decided not to have a difficult time, and I decided to, to, to rewrite a couple of words. So uh, he said, don't ever do that again. I said, look, <laughs> I'm not your student, not, not your child, and uh, don't tell me don't ever. I said, yeah. you, are, you could find a better way of telling me this. I said, I'm a professional, the same as you are, and uh, you don't treat me like a student or a child. So uh, these were the issues that came up, you know. Uh, but I, uh, uh, he, I must say that he was a very, he was a brilliant writer. And somehow mm -hmm. after he died, the strip never had the same quality to it in the way of writing. And... Um, I don't think it ever had the uh, uh, the excitement uh, in the artwork that, that that I try to put into it. I put so much so much thought into it because I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have gone that gone, I wouldn't have gone that far with the script if I didn't enjoy it that much. Mm. I really loved it. Exactly. I thought Graham yeah. Nolan did a good uh, job with his Sundays for the short period of time that he was on him. Who is this? Uh, Graham Nolan. Oh yes, uh, after I left, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he was. I, I would I would say that he uh, was pretty faithful to the script. He was. 
Uh, I, I would have liked to see a little, just a little more excitement in the layouts, but uh, in the storytelling, I should say. Uh, but but he he was he was an accomplished artist. He was good. He was he, he was he he kept at least kept the character of the strip. He really did. Do you have any other thoughts on any of the other artists that are currently doing it, or like Paul Ryan, or or any any other uh, fan of artists that did the dailies and Sundays? Um, I, 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 unfortunately, I'm I'm mostly seeing. I haven't seen the strip lately. I really haven't. I haven't been getting uh, the proofs of the strip. So I don't know what the Daily and Sunday look like lately. In fact, I'm not sure who's doing it right now. <laughs> Who, who's, do, who's doing the Daily and Sunday? Uh, Mike Manley is doing the dailies and Terry Beatty's doing the Sundays at the moment. Oh, Terry Beatty. Yeah, I've seen his name on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably not to be expected. As a teacher, when I retire, I don't think I'm going to pop back up to the school and, and walk around the staff room. I think uh, once you retire, it's probably fair <laughs> enough to move on. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. I, I, it got a little broken up there. Uh, what, what was that last statement? Oh, I just said that um, once you retire, it's probably fair enough not to go back to the workplace. When, As a teacher, I'm yes. not going to wander up and, and walk mm-hmm. through the staff room and see what everyone's up to, I think, once I leave. That- <laughs> That's right. Uh, once I'm done with it, you're right. Uh, you know, it's it's the end of a career, and I was starting another area of interest. And uh, I just uh, I would just hear about another artist getting onto it and that kind of thing. But uh, I know that uh, George Olson, who was uh, who was helping me at the time that I I left, uh, I know he he continued continued. He would he uh, at one point he would doing some layouts for me, and um, and then I would t- uh, tighten them up or change a layout on, in a panel here and there and uh, tighten it up and ink it. And uh, so do, do you know what I mean by this process that I'm talking about? Um, well, I do, but for a lot of people that don't, could you go through the process uh, of, like, from the yeah. script, pencils, inking, and he, lettering and all that? Yeah, he, he would give me a rough layout and put the lettering in uh in pencil and uh, and if i most of the time he was very talented george olson uh, i guess you, you've seen his work right yes mm-hmm. yes i've got a couple of his right. i've got a couple and of pieces then, uh, yeah and then um uh and then this uh this other guy ryan uh what's the brian brian uh did the inking uh with with uh, George penciling and uh, what was his last name? Was it Keith Williams? Brian. Huh? Was it Keith Williams? Williams. What's his first name? Keith. Chase. Ah, uh, Keith. Oh, Keith. Yeah, Keith Williams. Keith. 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 <laughs> oh, Keith Williams. Yes. You know, I forgot Australians say uh, A for E. <laughs> I, I, I think I told you. I, I don't know. I, I mentioned this story when I um, when I when I spoke at the uh, in, in 2008 uh, at the luncheon uh, at the dinner. Uh, there's this story of when I came, the first time I came to Australia. Uh, they had a, a convention, 
and uh, they, they had a couple of tables for me to put my work on, and uh, uh, they put some of my some of the things that I did that were reprinted into comic books, uh, some dailies and Sundays. And uh, people were picking, were uh, bringing. When I came in there, they said that we're going to have a, you're going to be signing a few uh, few pieces of work for for your uh, fans. And I see this line starting to develop, and it, it starts to go around the room. Troy and Noah, there were like 300 people online. And I said, you're kidding. Am I going to sign all these things, 300 people? And each one of them had about six or seven or a dozen pieces of, uh, of work for me to sign. I said, you're got to be kidding. I said, my, my hand's going to fall off. So uh, when got, so these people came along, but I decided I would sign two, three the most uh, at a time. And uh, one guy comes along, a big burly guy, and well over six feet, and uh, he, he's got a short sleeve, uh, like a T-shirt, and he, he's got the T-shirt rolled up to his shoulder, you know, so his whole yeah. arm is showing, his, his bicep and his tricep, and he, he's, got, he's got a mark, he's got a red mark indicating where he would like me to put my signature. To put my name, Cy Barry. So I said, what do you mean? You want me to do it? I'll put a sign on your arm? He said, yeah. He said, uh, right there, right over there. So I said, wait a minute. Uh, I said, what's, what's your name? He says, Diamond. I said, Diamond? He says, no, Diamond. I said, yeah, Diamond. He said, no, Diamond. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, wait a second. Maybe he means Damon. I said, oh, Damon. <laughs> well, from that point on, I realized, hey, the, I was, the A was an I and not an I. And a. <laughs> so, but the funny thing was, so I said, well, why do you want me to do that? I said, you're going to go home. You're going to shower with a little washed off. I said, unless you don't intend to bathe. So he said, no. He said, I'm going to go from here right into a tattoo shop. I'm going to tattoo it on my arm. <laughs> my, uh, my wife sent me, was sitting next to me. She almost fainted. <laughs> <laughs> we, we both started laughing. It was, it was just hysterical. And, and even people next to him were, were, were laughing. And it's, I mean, it was such a funny scene. I never heard of this before. That's how much a guy wanted, wanted my signature on him. <laughs> so that it would never be removed. <laughs> but, and so, uh, so there's a Damon out there somewhere in Australia now with a with a Cy Barry signature on his arm, yeah? That's right. Unreal. I'm certain that he did it. He, I'm certain that he really did that. It was so determined, you know. I said, oh, I said, I hate tattoo. He said, please. He said, I really want to do this. He said, it's very important to me. So I did it. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, man. But... I must say, I, I we we enjoyed our stay there twice, just so much. We loved it, really loved it. Uh, so next time we we get, keep in touch, we get in touch. Uh, maybe we can we do it on. Uh, uh, can I give you a visual uh, view of what's going on here? We'll, we'll oh, certainly yeah, we'll, 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 we'll work sure. out how we can do that from our end, yeah. and um, let's, and, let's and do, hopefully let's yeah. do that. Okay. Sure. And, sure. Um, any, any other questions, guys? Uh, well, yeah, did uh, you want to um, 
finished how the procedure of doing the art, like you were saying. I think you were saying how you yeah. um. How so it you sounds get... like there was a big support staff and. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, trying to bring my style around to. Uh, you mean sure. trying to bring my style around? Yes. Uh, so then, uh, so I redid it, and it was so difficult working that uh, undoing whatever I I had learned in the past, you know, and trying to uh, duplicate that simplicity, that utter simplicity, you know, and not working with any blacks and not being able to give it a three-dimensional look. I mean, there there are ways of using black and white to give the uh, to give the effect of solidity and volume to the work to make it look three-dimensional like it's it's popping out of the page and mm. um you, know, you can do it more effectively with color i began to realize that when i started to work with color you do it much more effectively with color but to do it with black and white i'm finding that it's much more difficult doing it that way all the secrets that you've learned to make things look three-dimensional are uh, they were, they already were there, so I was you know, able to give it more dimension. But I couldn't do that until I was able to break into my own style. So I must say that for the first uh, five to six weeks, uh, I began to just lighten up, uh, or I should say, get a little heavier in my artwork, rather than the very light, simplistic style began to put a little black here and a little black there, more blacks in the background. And uh, then I began to work with some more shadows and just little by little began to introduce. But it was tough working that way, very tough. It's mm. very hard to make things to simplify, very mm. hard. I mean, ask any designer uh, when they have to, uh, the, one of the main tricks to design is simplicity. And yes. the more things that the more things that are on a on a bit of fashion, the more distracting those things are, and the simpler the lines, and the simpler the the uh, the effect, the better it looks. So uh, it's a very good principle to uh, the, one of the basics of art is simplicity, because mine Definitely. mine got to, got to be mine got to be more and more involved. But only because, not because I put more work into it later on, but because everything was reproduced smaller, much smaller, almost by the time I finished, I would say it was about at least a third smaller than the original size I worked. And now you don't know what that means when, unless you're working on panels and reducing lettering and reducing pictures and trying to get figures to fit into a panel and make them look obvious to the viewer. It's very, very difficult to uh, work small and give the uh, viewer an opportunity to see the point of the picture that you want them to see. That's a very yeah. difficult thing to do. Sure. Sure. So, uh, that, so I hope I'm, I hope I'm teaching you a little bit of art while we're at it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, just uh, I'm, I'm, I'll just wonder. I'll just wonder. Go sorry, ahead. Yeah. Uh, there, so, um, like today, we've got the internet, and and well, we're all here in different time zones in Australia. Yeah. Talking to you in New York, um, back when you when you started um, uh, doing the Phantom, what what was the the process? And you, like you were saying, you barely met uh, Lee um, earlier. You know, it was just yeah. a handful of occasions. How, how, right. Like, 
What was the okay. process in, in yeah. getting the scripts and what have you? Mostly, uh, it, well, it wasn't monkey mail. <laughs> you remember monkey mail? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. yes, right. Okay. But he lived in New York and I lived on Long Island. And um, so that's about oh, 35 miles, 40 miles away from each other. All right. Now, when you say 35 to 40 miles, to get into New York City from Long Island, uh, it, it, it could take anywhere from an hour to three hours. Wow. Depending on the traffic. And uh, I, I don't think there's anywhere in the world that's as busy and as tied up as, as, as intense as New York City. So going through the tunnels and the bridges and all of that to get into New York from, because that's what you have to do. You have to go over the East River and the, all of these different crossings to get into New York. And uh, so naturally, uh, the, uh, he, he would mail this stuff to me. And uh, we, many times, I would, I, when I finished up the work, uh, I would send it in by messenger rather than traveling in and delivering it. I would send it in by messenger. It was a lot easier for me. And so is that the exactly finished it. artwork, the finished panels? Yeah, that's the that's the finished uh, artwork, finished dailies or finished Sunday. Right. Sometimes I send them both in together, the dailies yeah. and the Sunday. And, and did Lee Fork have, um, uh, I guess, a, a final look over that before it went to publishing or anything? No. No, he didn't. Uh, it went right to the syndicate. Mm. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I was, I would fume, I would fume if Lee had a look at that. <laughs> if Lee had a look at that, I would be fuming because, so, uh, again, uh, I'm not letting a, I'm not letting another professional look at the work uh, of another professional. I. I I think it's, it's just a poor practice, and I would never, I, I would never abide by it. Sure. And what what sort of um, right. time frame were you looking at, like from script to seeing it in the newspaper? What is that? Uh, just um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like the time frame of the turnaround. Say you got the script from from Lee, and then when when would oh, we have yeah. seen it in the newspaper? Oh, uh, you'd see it. From, well, actually. From the time Lee would send it to me, well, from the time I delivered it, it would be five weeks before it's printed uh, in the newspaper. Oh, wow. And uh, the daily, the daily would be five weeks ahead. And the Sunday would be eight weeks ahead because it was a color process going on. And uh, you needed the, it was at that, those days, when I first started on it, there was a four a four play process of so uh, your black, red, yellow, and blue, and Same now it's all done by and now it's all done by computer, mm, all mm. done by no uh, by codes and numbers, and uh, it's not done with plates anymore. It's a much cheaper process, much faster. Yes. Yeah. So did you have to draw differently um, for the Sundays when you knew, knew they were going to be in color? Just a second. Uh, just hold on one second. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Want to say hello to the guys? There are three guys. Oh my gosh. Steve, Jermaine, <laughs> and uh, and Dan. Dan Fraser. Okay. It's, uh, here's Simi. 
Here, here I am. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Simi. I can't yeah. see you. I don't know if you can see me. But yeah, well, next time they're going to get on to FaceTime. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay, right. well, it would have been nice to see you guys. How's the interview going? Really well. Go. Oh, good. Good, good. Okay. Well, Very if they good. want to keep it going, they have to say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, uh, yeah, so the, the, that's about the uh, time schedule uh, and eight weeks on the Sunday page. Okay. And did you did you have to draw the Sundays differently knowing that they were going to be coloured? And, and did you have a preference for whether they yeah. came out in colour or black and white? Or uh, Well, there's not a preference. If you do a Sunday page, it's got to be done in colour. Sure. Uh, yeah, so there's no preference. The only preference is if there's uh, uh, at one time we would have the uh, the uh, staff, the art staff at the syndicate do our coloring for us. Uh, they basically knew the colors we were using for the phantom and, and all the other issues. If there was anything that I wanted a little different, uh, something uh, that didn't uh, wasn't necessarily uh, uh, germane to the strip itself. Uh, then I, I would make indicate I would make color notes mm -hmm. indicate what I wanted whatever changes I needed uh, so um, so so that's how that's that's how it was done in those days but now yeah. now now guess what they uh, they don't take um, they they don't require you to send in the work anymore you uh, you copy it up. On your copier, on your printer, you copy it up, and uh, or or if you have a copier, and then uh, you run you run it through, uh, uh, you run that copy onto onto your your internet, and uh, it gets sent out to, uh, onto your email, and mm. it gets sent out. You keep your originals, you don't send them out. So you didn't get to keep a lot of your originals, obviously, back in the day, then. No, I, 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 those days I delivered them because we didn't have we didn't have that process. When I retired, don't forget it was in uh, 94, 22 years ago. Mm. So we didn't have that process then. So, so I've noticed. Um, obviously, you've got your website there, and you are selling some original art. And I'm lucky enough to yeah. have a Sunday yeah. of yours that that um, you've sent over, which is which is fantastic. I've got that framed and hanging on yeah, the wall. I know, I know, and thank you, thank you for buying it there. Not at all, but uh, I'm just curious as, um, like, obviously you don't have your, your full back catalogue of original art then if, if most of it got sent in. Oh, I have some, some of it was stolen. I don't know if you heard about that. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I, I, I really don't, can't make accusations, but I, I have an idea of who stole it, but, uh. I can't really vouch. I can't really uh, vouch for it definitely, but it, it was pretty awful, and uh, I'm very upset about it. And uh, now I'm hearing that those, those dailies and Sundays are being sold, and that's mm. even more upsetting. Mm. Even more upsetting, really. So, uh, I mean, you as a collector uh, uh, could uh, could appreciate how, how 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 difficult it is for me to uh, 
to deal with that, that my, my work yes. is being sold out there and profits are being made on, on my sweat. Mm. It's pretty bad, pretty bad. And uh, who, whoever is selling it claimed that uh, they seem to have a lot, a lot of my work and they claimed that it was given to them, that I gave it to them. And I, uh, I have, I have to prove that I didn't give it to them. Mm. Mm. So I'm, 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 I'm really up, uh, up a creek. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I hope that wasn't a, a home invasion or anything like that. Was it like that would dis, did, did it disappear from from King Features or? Yes, uh, I, I, I uh, called them one time to get my originals. They said no. Well, uh, they've been taken. We don't have them. Uh. And uh, they they didn't say who took them, but uh, they wouldn't tell me. And I was furious. Uh, I really mm. wanted to sue. But, uh, you know, whoever did it pretended that uh, they had the right to it. So for, for some reason, guys in the mailroom had no had no experience with this. They they just gave it away. Mm. So that was mm. that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I have to get past that. And uh, I can't I can't. Uh, uh, worry about it. I can't let it get me sick. I mean, I, I know it happened and I know who did it, but uh, that's it. Mm. So uh, okay. if I want to want to keep my sanity, uh, I can't bother with it. Sure. Yes. Some things are not yeah. worth stressing over. No, that's right. Health, yeah, right. health is more important. Exactly. Yes, it is. Especially so, at this stage of my life. Yeah, for sure. So many of my friends are becoming ill over more serious issues. Uh, I'm just grateful that I'm in the shape I am, and that some of you is as well. Mm, so yes. we're just very grateful, really. Mm. Yep, we get up each morning, we say, hey, we're here. My back aches, so I know I'm alive. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're doing fine. Now. We're, we're very content. and. Uh, I love what I'm doing. I love the teaching, and uh, I just uh, just want to be around a few more years to uh, to get uh, to, to get to a certain point in, in my in my talents uh, that, that I'd be satisfied with. I just like to be able to hold a pencil and hold a brush for another sure. few years. Yeah. So, um, do you have when you look back at your career side? Do you do you feel like there was a particular period when you were at the peak of your powers and um, and and really knocking out some great work? What was your favourite stories or, or period of time? Oh, um, well, my favourite story, one of my favourites, very favourite, is the Jungle Patrol. Yes, it's one of mine as well. A group, of, a group of pirates that become that uh, the Phantom. Uh, a point says uh, the beginning of the Jungle Patrol, sure. and he, yes. makes, he makes Red Be- Redbeard uh, the uh, the captain of the uh, or colonel of the Jungle Patrol. Uh, that mm. that was my favorite story. Uh, one of my uh, one of the things I really was hitting my juices with, uh, I must say, I, I guess that I appreciated my work on, uh, there was a story called, I think it was called Masquerade. Oh, the Masquerade? Uh, 
Huh? Was that the masquerade ball where they were all masked and yeah, they robbed? Yeah, the ball, yep. the ball, right. Now, the funny thing was, at that point, I was not talking to my brother Dan. Uh, we had a real breakup, and uh, and then I tried getting in touch with him again because I felt a little sorry that uh, that he, you know, he, he, his family, he was he wasn't doing well with his family, and uh, and I felt like I had deserted him. So I tried to make get in touch with him, and he wouldn't receive me. He wouldn't let, he wouldn't uh, respond to me, and. You know, uh, so I, I had to say that I tried. And uh, uh, I thought of him as one of the villains. <laughs> as, as, as a result of my experience with him, I made him one, the main villain. And, uh, so he was the guy, he was the pirate. Yes, yeah, you I know, know the guy. Yeah. Okay, dark, very dark head guy, you know, with a yeah. pirate hat. And uh, it, it looks so much like him. Uh, if you if you go back to that sequence at all, uh, if you can find it, um, I think we'll all be scurrying I... for our comics now and looking it up. We'll do that later today. Oh, you think. are. Okay. <laughs> how, how are you looking it up? How, how do you find that? Oh, back <laughs> issues of Fruit Comics mostly. Of of Fruit, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I've, I collect. Oh, well, we all do collect Fruit Comics, and so I think we'll be able to go back and. And find the publications okay. of that. It's in 11:25 okay, there, so Dan. When you're looking. 11:25. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what year? What year? 1996 is the last published, but um, it was first published in 402 in 1969. Yeah. Was when it was first so published. It was first yeah, published. 69. Did you say yeah. 69? Yeah. Oh. Wow. All right. And it was last published in 1996. I, I don't think, you know something? I think that was stolen too. Uh, See, I, I, I try to forget about it until I look, I need to look for something. Hmm. Well, I need to look for something and then I can't find it. I'm, 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 it gets me upset all over again, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you guys as collectors would uh, certainly appreciate that, right? Oh, yes, very much so. Yes. I, I, I think most collectors um, that I speak to are very keen on making sure that the the products they buy are all um, you know licensed by King yeah. Features and that sort of thing. We want to make sure that yeah. the money's going in the right way and and for it to yeah. not go back to the artist who produced it, uh, that's yeah, it's very wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Mm. But uh, as I say, it doesn't. Uh, uh, when, when I don't need something from it or when I'm reminded of something that I have done and they said, oh, I love that sequence, you know, and, and then I say, oh, no, then I don't have that either. You know? mm, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it, it does get to me a little. Mm. But, um, you know, I have to live with it. And that's about it. Mm. Now, so I'm... Semi- yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to ask. Um, we've, we've heard that... Um, through the 60s and the 70s that um, the life of a, of a comic strip artist was was akin to that of a rock star, that you're fated everywhere you went and um, it was all all golden time sort of thing in the industry. Is that Can you confirm that for us? No. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, that's a very embellished story. Who, who, who told you this? I mean, how, 
Where did you read it? I can't even remember uh, now where I've heard that. It's just, I think it's uh, just folklore. <laughs> yeah. Jermaine told me. I'm blaming him. <laughs> yeah. Jermaine. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Jermaine. <laughs> uh, no, uh, as a matter of fact, there was a period um, in the 60s where there were there were horror stories going on. Uh, uh, the, the main subject uh, of comic books at the time, not a lot of new books were coming out with horror stories depicting mm. some of the ugliest scenes of horror. And as a matter of fact, the, uh, they began to do uh, create something something like a Hayes office. I think you know what the Hayes office was uh, uh, for the movies, for the movie industry. Yeah. It was uh, an, an ethics uh, uh, panel, you know, that uh, decided what's what's acceptable for families and what's not. So we were being told what, what we should read, which was really getting uh, uh, pr- pretty difficult for, for people's own freedom uh, to be told what we can read, what we can't, what we can see. So, uh, uh, but that, uh, that, that, I must say, deserved uh, edit- editing. That really deserved editing. Because I I always felt that uh, that horror stuff was was despicable. Uh, I hated it, and I would never do it. I was given work to do uh, horror stories uh, for a couple of different uh, publishing houses, and I said I refuse to do it. I just can't can't do this kind of work. Uh, I wouldn't have my children read it, and I I just won't produce it if my children can't read it. Mm. And uh, so I didn't accept work. I. I would lose uh, money on it, or I lost one or two accounts because of it. But I couldn't. I I I couldn't live with it. I couldn't turn it out and try to do this ugly stuff of flesh being torn off the bones, you know, and the most ugliest sight. And uh, even though I was pretty good at at anatomy, I wasn't going to do it depicted in that way. So, yeah. uh, I, and is that because I, I you would be so involved in? Um, I'm sure I read somewhere recently that um, you saw something of the the personality of the of, of the fandom, for instance, coming into you, or that it was an escape for you to to draw the, the character. So you'd really get involved in the in the story that you're illustrating mm-hmm. at the time. Yes, uh, <laughs> well, particularly uh, particularly the, the villains, uh, in order to make them real, uh, realistic and um, uh, to to depict them as as uh, qualifying as 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 a uh, villain, uh, you have to kind of feel their emotions and see wh- how would they react if uh, if they were being if their plan is being uh, voided, uh, foiled. You know, mm. uh, they they how would they react? Huh? And what would the expressions be? And would they throw some things around? You know. Uh, so I would go beyond Lee's description, and I would add some things in there, you know. Uh, but I would would never change the dialogue. <laughs> I tried it. I tried it once, and he was not very happy. <laughs> no. So that was. But uh, as far as uh, as far as artists being uh, praised or put into the position of the uh, the rock artists and the, and the rap artists and all of that. Uh, uh, no, not quite, not quite. I mean, there, there were many that were loved, 
for some reason, it's uh, uh, Argonius, uh, Sergio Argonius. Yes, uh, did all the work for yeah. Mad Magazine. Yeah, uh, he's got quite a reputation, and uh, I mean, his, his his work is funny, but I, I've seen other artists uh, work, whose work was easily as good, and uh, in some cases better. And yet, uh, there's something about about uh, about his technique that the the audience seems to love. They they rave over over his work. And his work is beautiful. It's nice, but there are a lot of other other artists that are very capable and go, don't get the same acclaim. Go figure that. Mm. How do you figure? Just um, in the right place at the right time, I suppose. I guess so. I guess so. There's there's something about it that that seems to hit their fancy. Uh, it, it, they just enjoy it. Well, I guess I, I guess I could understand that because there were artists who whose work I even as a professional whose work I've always enjoyed and uh, uh, admired and respected. Uh, uh, for example, uh, in comics, I, I admired uh, Stan Drake's work. Uh, uh, are you familiar with that? He did a romance strip. Uh, uh, what was her name uh, in the strip? Oh, darn it. Uh, it was a beautifully done uh, strip. Then there was another guy whose work is very little known. His name was Lou Fine. He was an illustrator. And uh, well, he was probably about 10 years older than me. Um, uh, but he's gone now. Uh, he was a marvelous artist. He had a wonderful technique, of, uh, realistic and yet semi semi teenage kind of style, you know, just beautifully done. So there were some artists who, whose work not too many guys knew or were aware of, but that I knew personally and uh, whose work I really admired. So listen, it's getting on in time. Sure. Uh, are there, uh, do we have any couple of quick questions? Uh, yeah. Um, I... Yeah, definitely. I've got, I got a quick one here. Um, did you... Okay. With 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 the fame in Australia, which you uh, experienced firsthand, did you ever go to like any of the Scandinavian countries, like Norway and Sweden? And... Yes, yes, I went through uh, three of them. There too, I was invited to uh, to sign some books. They were producing the Sundays, my uh, reprints of my Sundays in a hard-covered book, yeah. and uh, I was asked to come and sign for them at a at a, at a book convention. So uh, that was quite, and that was quite an experience because at the time, guess what happened? It was 9/11. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, you know what that is. Mm. And, uh, we were there, we were there in Sweden, in Gothenburg, uh, Sweden, when it happened, and uh, uh, we couldn't believe it. We were sick. Uh, we tried to reach home. To find out if our kids are all right, if anybody or any of my relatives are, uh, were affected at all, and we couldn't get through. All the trunks were closed, mm -hmm. all the uh, telephone trunks. So uh, I, I used, uh, uh, let's see, uh, at that time, I think Igmont was, was, had uh, gotten into the, had taken over at that time. Yes. And Egmont used its news services to try to get get us through. 
Now, oh, if, wow. anybody could get through, if anybody could get us through to our family, it's a new service. <laughs> and uh, they, we couldn't get through on phone, but they got us through uh, by mail, by email. Finally, we couldn't even get there. Couldn't even use emails. And everything was shut down. Everything wow. was shut down. It was terrible. But um, everybody that came along and and I was meanwhile I was signing uh, books and and pictures and everything. Uh, and there again, there were a few hundred, couple of hundred people online waiting. And everybody that came by said, "Mr. Barry was so sorry for what happened in New York and." I'm telling you, I, it was such a difficult experience. I don't know how I stayed through uh, those hours of signing. It, it just was a bit overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was tough. It was tough. But we, nevertheless, our flight was never canceled. We were able to go. We were able to get home. They 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 uh, made sure the uh, Egmont publication made sure that I uh, my our fly, flight was honored. So uh, oh, well, that I'm was very good. grateful. For that. Yeah, mm. very grateful. Yeah, they so, uh, still yeah, publish. I, but I loved it there. I think one time we were in Norway and uh, somebody stopped for a minute, and I stopped and I'm see her looking at something in a store, like a novelty store, and she sees this rack of comic books and there's the Phantom and a couple of different issues of the Phantom, um, in Norway on, and she said, "There's one of your one of your books." So, because um, she saw my cover, she saw my artwork on the cover, and uh, I pulled it out, and uh, and then everybody on we were on a bus tour, and everybody on the bus uh, saw my name, uh, Cy Barry, on on the cover and on the uh, in the in the uh, book itself. So I felt a little, I felt very good that day. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was quite an experience. If it's all right, uh, so I've, I've probably got one more question and then Stephen as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you, you mentioned before about um, being asked to draw the horror strips and not wanting to do that because of, you know, yeah. you wouldn't want to draw something mm-hmm. that you didn't want your kids to see. Yes. The Phantom right. is, is as much as any comic strip character, um, a very moral character and, and you know, yes. um, is a family mm-hmm. guy good versus evil, all of, that, all of those sorts of things. To what extent do you think the the morality of the character kept you on board for so long? Uh, why, uh, why wouldn't it keep me on board? Uh, <laughs> I liked, I liked, I liked the, uh, the established style, uh, the established concept that Lee wrote into this. Uh, I, I, I just thought that he... Uh, he developed a character who could be tough and rough, and uh, what's one of the one of the one of his claims? He's rough on on thugs. Roughnecks. Roughnecks. Like yep. Roughnecks. Yes, rough on roughnecks. Right. <laughs> but I mean, he was clever, and um, uh, he did the things that uh, the families respect. Mm. Uh, they didn't. He didn't deviate into the more ugly, uh, which has become, sadly, it's become more acceptable here in the States. I don't know how things are now in Australia. I've been there a few years, but uh, uh, the fact that, that, that the Australians love the strip so much, they respect, they respect the, the cleanliness and the, uh, 
uh, ethics of the strip. They respect the ethics of the strip. I think that's what they see in it, uh, as well as the legendary story, which I thought I thought was the most brilliant part of the of uh, the brilliant most brilliant concept to use for a strip. So I must respect Lee as much as uh, I think there were many things that he wasn't nice about. Yeah. Um, I must I must say that he was a brilliant writer and his mm. concepts were really clever. Really, uh, they, they they were the kind of things that helped it last for this many years. That's one of the things that made it last all these years is yeah. that wonderful fantasy and the ethics involved in the strip. It never lost sight of that. And it always still stayed, still stays a, a fantasy strip. And they tried to make it a, a science strip, you know, or a science fiction kind of strip and start to deviate completely away from the, the old concept. Then it loses, it's not the Phantom anymore. And, and it needs to be the Phantom. It needs to be an escape. And I think, I thought it was a beautiful escape. Yeah, excellent. Okay. And, uh, and I, so, I, yeah. I, I, are you guys awake? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mesmerized by your talk. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I'm so, just kidding. <laughs> well, it's all right for me, but um, the other two guys are in different time zones. So, but um, <laughs> just to uh, finish up here, uh, uh, so you're almost universally acclaimed as, as one of the big three artists of the fandom, and for many fans. Uh, including this one here, uh, you are their unashamed favourite. How do you consider your place in the history of such an iconic and culturally important comic book character? Uh, myself or the Phantom? You talk about the Phantom. Uh, how how do you consider your yeah. place? No, no, you. Yeah, you. Me? Oh, yeah. how, how would I place myself? Yeah. In... in uh, in, in the history of comics, uh, or what? Uh, in what way? Well, the, the history of nothing. the Phantom, I suppose, in particular. Like, what what do you see as your legacy to the to the Phantom world and to the comic world? Oh, oh. Um, I I I think that I interpreted the Phantom. Of course, I interpreted the way I saw him. And since the time I was a kid, I saw him in a certain way. I always dreamt. Of someday, it's strange because it was that script because of its fantasy and its unusual uh, concept and and where its location was. Everything seemed to fit in so well. I just thought it was a, a great script idea and of a great concept. Even as a kid, I thought that. And I said, someday, I wish I could draw that script someday because I would love to give it my, my illustrative, illustrative technique, you know. <laughs> and sure, strange enough, fate played her hand, and uh, I, I was able to do it. So I would place the Phantom uh, as as a something more unique than the average script. Uh, I, I would say that it gave, uh, I, I, to me, it gave a new concept. Uh, of course, fantasy was always done for thousands of for hundreds of years. Fantasy was done, but. Um, to put it into a comic strip in this form and make it a costume character and to uh, to present it as a uh, as a as a uh, fight against uh, evil uh, 
and and to use this concept of the 400-year-old man, uh, I thought it was a marvelous idea, and it held up. It held up for all mm. those years. It's been 80, 80 years now, mm. and it's still popular. It's still the idea of it is still popular, regardless of. Uh, I mean, I, I I can't wipe away the artwork and uh, and how the artist thought of the strip and how the artist dealt with the strip. Those things, those issues are very important. It, it wouldn't be a strip without the artwork, uh, without some good uh, artwork on it. And uh, my my feeling is that uh, in most cases the artwork has been very uh, dedicated to the to the story concept. It has been in most cases. Yeah. So that's how I that's that's I try to leave the legacy of uh, I didn't think of it as that, but if I have to mention what kind of legacy I left, uh, I think I gave it the kind of uh, character and. Um, and uh, uh, emotion, I gave it a kind of emotion that it didn't have before. That's the one thing that I think I may have added to the script. Uh, the emotion of the characters and um, identifying them as, as individual human beings, that's, that's the way I wanted uh, the reader to see the Phantom and, and the characters involved in the Phantom. When they were sad, I mean, one of the, one of the ways to feel it. When they would be happy, uh, I wanted them to look gleeful and and express it in many ways. So uh, I, I think uh, I think I did give it that. I gave it the emotion that it needed, mm-hmm. as well as the the drama. Those two issues, drama and emotion. That's I think I, I contributed that. And I think I left that legacy behind. Mm. Totally agree. Know. You guys agree? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, because I mean, if you saw that in the strip, then I'd be very satisfied because that's what I tried to leave there. I mm. tried to add to it. That's what I mm. felt I added. To it. And if it was left there and people can remember it, that's I did my job. Mm. Well, I think um, most most fans would certainly feel, and I do, that um, you were the perfect artist at the at the perfect time for the fandom to, you know, were getting married and having children and and having those family moments. Right. Um, that style yeah, that you just right. talked about was the perfect, um, perfect, you know, style to take right. at that and, time. Yes, brought it into the modern. Yeah. I think I think we hit the nail on the head because those subjects were new and they were difficult to draw and difficult to. Um, uh, uh, first of all, I had to visualize them and uh, uh, to put them down, to visualize them and put them down on paper and make the reader appreciate what I was thinking, what I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to depict, uh, to express the story. That's the important thing, expressing the story, uh, to, to be able to depict that and to have the opportunity. I loved it. I just mm-hmm. loved it. The challenge, the challenge was just wonderful. It was a wonderful experience really. And, and as I say, uh, having had that experience and lived through it and, uh, done what I did, and I felt I, I, did, I did it. Uh, I had no more to express. You know, I just felt I have to go on to something else. Yeah. Uh, I know it was sad for a lot of readers. I got so many letters saying, why, why, why aren't you 
and get back on the script. We love your style. We miss you, you know. And um, much as I appreciate it, it made me feel sad that I that they felt that way. Uh, I, I did feel that I I need to uh, just I did what I needed to do, and I couldn't do any more as far as I was concerned. And things were getting more difficult with Lee too. He was getting older and more irascible and. <laughs> more difficult to, to work with. So there were, sure. there were little problems. Yeah, I didn't want to deal with that anymore. I had enough where it was too, too silly to deal with. Yeah. Okay, so listen, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back to this again. Yeah, and, for sure, uh, definitely. Right. And uh, when you do come to New York, please, please give us a holler. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. We will. Thanks well, a lot for your yeah. time. So nice yeah, you've been very generously. Um, uh, so I thank oh, you so much. Right. I didn't think it would take this long. Whoa, two hours. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really appreciate it. Give, and I'm sure everyone who's listening will really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. And I, I don't give Simi two hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, good talking to you. And I really appreciate, appreciate having all three of you together like this. It's a it's it's quite an honor. Thank you so much. And thank you. Ours. Thank you. Hey guys, take care. Good talking to you. Cheers. Right. Stay well. Right. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Now, usually, I put a gag reel on the end, but because this is a very special interview, I've decided to put our pre-show chat up instead. Enjoy. Oh, 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 Jim. Jermaine Parker, did you Yes, say? yes, that's that's okay. me. Hi, Jermaine. Hello, how are you going? You? Yeah, you too. Okay, uh, great. good, good. Everything's fine here. That's good. For, um, for an 88-year-old, for, for year uh, I'm doing well. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> right. I've met... You know, I was, there, I was in Australia eight years ago. Um, uh, the uh, Explorers Club uh, invited me. Uh, uh, Simi, my wife Simi and I, uh, we had a marvelous time. We, we stayed with, uh, I don't know if you know that group, uh, the um, Lee Falk Explorers Club. Uh, yes. Are you aware of the Phantom Group? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've attended. Uh, Rich, uh, Richard Fry heads it up. Uh, yes. Uh, right. And um, Tony, uh, the doctor, uh, Tony uh, Diaz or something. Yes, Dio, isn't yes, it? Yes, D, yes, right. D, 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 uh, D something. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, uh, I was there eight years ago, and it was uh, the year of my 80th, uh, my 80th year, and I had told the group that um, I got into a new career, and that is uh, teaching, teaching uh uh, life drawing and uh, cartooning and watercolor, just just uh, a couple, uh, just just a couple of uh, uh, little things that I spent my uh, most of my time with, and I really enjoyed uh, teaching. It was another career for me. Uh, what's so nice about it is that um, uh, it's it's a whole new experience. Uh, when you're sitting at your board and you're drawing, you know you're reacting to yourself. And what you're doing, and most of the time you're very critical of your own work. Uh, so you're always uh, 
trying to improve, trying to improve. But what's nice about teaching is that I'm, I'm one thing that's nice is I feel a little superior to the others. So that kind of puts you in a that puts you in a very nice mood, you know. And also, uh, but I, I treat them like like they were my equal. I tell I tell my students before you wet your brush and put your color down, say to yourself, "I'm good. I'm really good. I'm terrific." And I said, and you'll start painting without fear, with less fear. I know you'll have some fear about putting that first color down, but at least it'll be boosted a little bit by your own uh, self-encouragement. Uh, self, uh, so, uh, and they've been trying it, and um, it's not always the best work, but at least their attitude is great when yeah. they're painting. You know? <laughs> and some yeah. of them... Some of the students, I hear them talking to themselves. Yeah, I'm really am good. I'm really great. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have a lot of fun with them. But uh, um, uh, so that's my uh, that's my and I'm doing a lot of watercolor now. Mm. I've seen. So I think David water- must have posted up on Facebook a couple of your uh, landscapes. Yes, uh, D- David. David put a couple of uh, watercolors of mine up uh, on. Posted them up on FaceTime, right? And uh, but I've got many more. Uh, some I've taken, I've used um, uh, other photographs, professional photographs, uh, which I can't, I can't use to sell. But I use it as for my classes to show them how to do different techniques, how to do different textures and water and trees and foliage and things like that. So. Uh, I'll use other photographs or other pieces of artwork, and maybe I'll take an oil painting and turn it into a watercolor. So, uh, of course, I never I never use it. I usually give it away to one of the students, you know. Um, but uh, but my, my own work, things that I would like to sell are purely from uh, uh, our own photographs. Uh, one of my students happens to be an amateur photographer and she loves taking photos uh, when she goes on her trips and uh, she gives them to me to use for uh, for my paintings and oh, she wow. loves doing that yeah so i said you sure you don't want to buy them? i don't don't want me to buy them uh, uh she said no no it's fine uh I said, all right, but you got to you got to keep it honest. You're not going to sue me later on. <laughs> so, uh, but I have a lot of fun with my students. So, uh, what would you like me to uh, talk about? Well, I think if, if you wouldn't mind, we might um, do a, a quick introduction to the to the episode because obviously we're going to record this and, and release it as a as a program for people to oh, listen wonderful. to. And um, and. Sure. We've sort of we've we've got some notes here about what we'd like to to cover, but as you said, it's a, uh, your career and, and sort of working through from start to finish as much as you as much as you want to talk mm-hmm. about or whatever. And we'll just sort of um, uh, you know happy to have a conversation and try and touch a few bases right. as we go. Mm-hmm. Fine. So, uh, do you want to start it now? Are you are you uh, taping it or are we yeah, on I, right now? Stephen, you should you're recording. Ah, uh, yeah, it says it's recording, so hopefully it works. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um. Can I just say something quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now, guys, I, I just want. 
just before we start, there's just something, a couple of little things I'd like to know. Uh, what all of you, what are your careers, all three of you? Well, uh, Stephen and I are both teachers um, by trade, not art teachers. Oh. I'm an English and history teacher. All right. Very good. Well, you speak English very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> I love I love the accent. I always love that accent. It's marvelous. <laughs> um, my wife and I get, you know, just enjoy it. But and when we visit, uh, I, I think the, I've always said to the people in, in Australia that the nicest nicest product that you guys have are you people. Uh, you, nice. you produce the best products in you people. I mean, you you all of you are so gracious and and kind, and we've. Uh, We've had some marvelous experiences with with all of you. We really loved it there. Oh, that's good. I, I wish we were in. Uh, I wish we were in shape to to visit again, but it's getting a bit uh, difficult to do that kind of traveling. And the way sure. traveling is these days, I'm not very happy even going even going uh, a few hundred miles away. I, I'm not happy uh, traveling by plane. Sure. Uh, so uh, yeah. So. Uh, we're kind of staying closer to home now, but yeah. I must say I'm so glad I'm so glad that we did visit and get to see uh, all all of the Australians. Uh, I mean, the Australians that we got to visit were just so wonderful to us and so delightful. Uh, we, we enjoyed every moment there. Yeah, so thank thank you for having thank all of you for having us. Uh, we loved it. Yeah, I um. Uh, so this is Jermaine. I um by trade I'm a yeah. web developer. Um and I'm working at a, I'm what? a web developer by trade and I work at an oh, auctioneering okay. company oh, at the you moment. Are. Oh that's yeah. nice, all right. Um my guy my web designer uh charged me quite a bit to get mine <laughs> going. So uh, <laughs> uh I'm not so yeah. sure I'm gonna continue with him. So uh uh, I'll keep in touch with you guys and see maybe maybe there's something you can do for me in the future. All right. Yeah, yeah, so we have more a than a teacher and a web designer and who else? I'm a teacher as and, well. And who? And Jermaine, Jermaine, what, what do you do? So Jermaine's that's me. I'm I'm the web developer and Stephen's also oh, a teacher. Steve, yep, is a teacher. Yep. So we've got two oh, teachers. Okay. Yep. All right. Two teachers and a web designer. Okay, I got you now. So, uh, um, okay. go ahead. Yeah, I was I was just going to say that I have actually gone to a couple of the uh, the Phantom Club dinners as well. I missed you by okay. about a year or two, um, but I have the recording of of the dinner which you you did some stuff at the dinner. Oh, wonderful! Oh, were you at the uh, the one in? Uh, 2008? No, I wasn't. I wasn't at the one that oh, you were you at. You have the recording. It. Oh, I see. You have the recording. Yeah. Itself. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. And I've yes. met. I've met Steve um, uh, Panozio. He did the um, the little diary that um, was released. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So for Dan and Steve, that might be of interest for you. And. Um, 
so I've, you probably won't remember, but you did a sketch for me um, through uh, the late Ed. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. so um, Ed organised a sketch. Yeah. You did a sketch at one Ed, of the Saturday Ed Ro- events. Ed Rose. You talk about the Ed Rose. Yes, yes. Yes. We became very good friends. Uh, what a tragedy. Terrible. Yeah. I was stunned when I heard about it. Okay. Yeah, I so think we all were. Uh, I yeah, know. So, it was just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you did um, you did a sketch for me at that at one of at one of the Saudi dinners. Um so yeah, so it's good to finally uh um Oh, you were at one of the Saudi dinners? No, I wasn't at one of the Saudi dinners. Oh, um, oh Ed I see. Ed, uh, Ed asked me to do it. Yes, right. Yes. Okay. I um, got so, you. all right. Yeah, because I used to I'll send Ed a fair I'll bit of stuff. It, I'll uh, get it straight, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'll get it straight, yes. Okay. Go ahead. No, okay. It's okay. My wife will get it. That's okay. Go ahead. Excellent. All right. Well, we we might make a, a proper start then if it's yeah. Um, yeah okay. Sure.